All right, starting the book of Philippians tonight, Philippians chapter number three, Philippians chapter number three. Uh, thank you for the music, ladies. We look forward to what God has for us this evening out of Philippians chapter number three. Uh, a familiar uh, passage of scripture will be our text tonight, but we're going to look at it uh, from a little bit different angle this evening, uh, and I trust that it's going to be a help to us. Uh, some things I love about the Word of God is there are things that uh, will help us immediately, like right away. And I, I know that I could testify, as so many of you can, uh, that you, you needed help for today. You, need, you needed that promise to lean on today. And you can open this living book and get help and strength in that moment. Uh, but I'm thankful having grown up in church as well, been in church my, basically my whole life. Uh, I am thankful that there were times when I listened and I learned things that I didn't need at that moment. But in the future... That I called on them when I didn't even know I, re I remembered them. And the Holy Spirit helps you remember some things. So tonight's Bible study uh, will fit in both of those categories. What I, we're going to look at tonight uh, can help all of us right now uh, in a very general sense or a very specific sense. Uh, but it's also something that you're going to want to take note of because um, we will need it again. <coughs> if you need it now, you'll need it again. If you don't need it now, it's something that will help you in the future. And uh, we'll uh, get a, a better understanding of that in just a, a few moments. Philippians chapter number 3 begin reading with verse number 10, that I may know him in the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. If by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead, not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth into those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. I want to use these wonderful verses and these, these familiar verses this evening, uh, and I want to use them uh, to speak on this subject, facing the future, facing the future. A book of Philippians is, is a book that, that reminds us that we can have joy. It reminds us that the Christian has victory. Uh, and part of that victory is what we deal with in the future. And as starting is the first month of a new year. There's a lot of things on the horizon. I want to make sure that no matter what we're dealing with today or no matter what we deal with in the future, uh, we look at it in a proper way uh, so that we can uh, stay faithful uh, until the Lord calls us home. Father, help us tonight as we look into your word. Uh, may we, as we look at your <coughs> word in a pra practical sense, uh, may it be very helpful to us this evening. May we be strengthened by what we hear tonight. Uh, Father, may someone who's facing uh, decisions they have to make in, in the immediate, may uh, what has been given tonight give them some principles, give them a scriptural foundation uh, to make a decision that would uh, be honoring to you. And Father, I pray that all of us uh, will learn some things that will help us uh, in the times to come. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. As we think of the future and dealing with the future, there are several ways that we can look at this. We can look at this in a very broad and general sense. Uh, what does the future hold in our world? We know what the end is because the Bible tells us uh, what the end result is. Uh, I'm not looking for uh, all these things will be fulfilled that the Bible speaks of, but more than all, all these little things being, what does this mean and this mean? I'm just looking for Jesus to come. 
Uh, I'm just listening for that uh, trumpet to sound, and everything that this Bible says is going to happen. All these sicknesses, all these things, these are pestilences that the Bible tells us. And in, in the latter days, these things are going to come. And so certainly we've been saying this for some time now, and it's certainly true. Uh, the, the return of Christ is imminent. So we can look at this as a very broad uh, subject tonight, the future. Uh, in my future, uh, what am I going to face uh, in the extended future? We can look at it that way. Uh, we can look at it as uh, a church. You can look at it as a family. You can look at it certainly as an individual. Uh, maybe there's some decisions that you are, look, are facing today or this year. Uh, certainly, <clears throat> one thing that uh, sometimes discourages the Christian is when we start talking about the future. Certainly, there are fears when we talk about the future. Uh, what am I going to do in this, when this, in this, in this situation? <clears throat> Our circumstances change. We, uh, we, we, we lose security. We lose a loved one. We lose what does the future hold? And all those fears come into uh, play, and certainly so. Uh, but we have to look at things the way the Bible wants us to look at them, and they're a help to us and encouragement to us. So as we face the future, we face whatever it is uh, that God brings our way as an individual, uh, as a Christian, or in a broad sense, maybe as a family, as a church, <clears throat> as a nation in this world. As we look at all of this, there's one thing that you and I must determine. I always want to have victory in my life. I do not want to live as a defeated Christian. I want to have victory. Uh, with the, that trumpet sounds, I want to ascend to heaven, uh, having been faithful and still serving the Lord. If, 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 if the Lord's return tarries and, and the Lord calls me home and I, I live my days on this earth, I want to live them being faithful. I don't want to quit along the way. I don't want to be a castaway, as Paul wrote. I don't want to fall by the wayside. What I'm able to do may change, and what God asks of me may be different in the future than it is today. But I know this. I want to, I want to, when I see his face, I want it to be for me serving him down here to serving him on the other side. And so the Bible equips us, helps us uh, in, in, our, in, our, in our striving to do that. And so uh, let me give you some things to think of. And this evening I have six uh, different things I want to point out uh, in this passage of Scripture as we face the future. And these will help us. If we're going to remain faithful, if we're going to stay faithful to the Lord, uh, and no matter what we face in the future, uh, you know, certainly I th I'm anticipating a great year, aren't you? Uh, but just like every year, there's things that we face that we had no idea we were going to face. Looking at them the same way, very broad, there's things that we face, are very individual. There are things that we deal with. There's things that we face that we don't, we don't ever anticipate. Uh, they're way out in the future, and that what's way out in the future gets closer and closer and closer and closer until it's right here with us. But there are some things that, that this passage of, te passage of Scripture will help us with. Number one, uh, we need to reflect on the past. Look at me again at verse number 10. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection. I want you to think of those words, the power of his resurrection. Aren't you thankful for the power of his resurrection? Uh, Jesus has conquered death. And Jesus has conquered Hell, Jesus has conquered sin. Aren't you thankful for that? I have salvation. How? Not because I just want it. Not because I think I, I deserve it. It was through the power of his resurrection. You know what will help you in facing the, the future is the fact that Jesus conquered death. Jesus and the power of resurrection 
provided salvation. So no matter what I'm facing in the future, Jesus has already taken care of the, the scariest thing for you and I. It's natural for a man to be afraid of death, but for the Christian, we shouldn't fear death. The Bible tells us that. It's just a portal we pass through from this side to eternity with our Lord. It's the power of His resurrection. And so as we face the future, we must reflect on the past. <clears throat> not, I'm not speaking of sitting and dwelling on the past and bemoaning the good old days and all of that. That's not what I'm talking about. We ought to be reminded, though, that <clears throat> there was a day when we put our faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, and we are saved, we are sealed, we are born again through the power of His resurrection. Think about, and as you face the future, and you face something hard, or we as a nation, we as a church, we face some things that we didn't anticipate face, uh, facing, and it's all the things that you hear all these years. One day, this is going to happen. One day, well, that one day may come in our lifetime. What do we got to do? We got to be reminded that Jesus is alive. He's alive because He conquered death. And I'm afraid, and we talk about the cross and Calvary, and we should. We talk about what that means and sin being put on Christ. But the finished work of Calvary is Jesus came forth out of the grave with the keys of death and hell. And friend, you and I, uh, death for the Christian is just a short time of separation. Uh, but that power of the resurrection, if we're going to we face the future, we must reflect on the past. And do you know him? And if you know him, you, there's security in that. I know the Lord. Pastor, I'm facing something I never... You, the Lord is with you, and you have salvation through the power of his resurrection. Number two, we need to rededicate the present. Not just reflect on the past, but rededicate the present. Look at verse 10 again. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection. I want you to notice these words. In the fellowship of his sufferings. There's so much more that I could say just on that phrase... And maybe in the future I will, but this is the point I want to make. We must rededicate the present. We talk of how much we, we, we're thankful for our Savior, and we should. We talk as Christians, and certainly in a setting like this, and we encourage ourselves with the fact that one day we're going to be in His presence. I am a child of God. I belong to the King. If you're saved, you can say the same thing. You're a child of God. You belong to the King. We are special to Him because He sent His Son to die and pay for our sins. But we are adopted into His family through the Lord Jesus Christ. We are His children. I like being associated with Him. I like thinking of the fact that there is nothing that I'm going to face that God can't get me through. There's nothing. If it's his power and the power of resurrection and can forgive my sins and keep me out of hell, well, whatever I face isn't that big. Looking around this crowd and this group of sinners, it, there's nothing you face that's as big as your sin either. It's true of all of us. Here's the point I want to make. When Paul writes to the fellowship of his sufferings, there are many who want to, they want a fellowship with Christ as the king that sits on his throne. But they have a hard time Fellowshipping with his sufferings. I believe Paul was writing and saying as Christ suffered, it's an honor if I have to suffer in a similar regard. Christ was rejected and Christ was went through suffering, certainly for you and I, in the fellowship of his sufferings. 
we, we might call them fair-weather Christians. We might refer to it as, well, it's easy. You know, it's every, we're praising the Lord as long as it's simple, as long as it's easy. This is what I mean by as you face the future, all of us should rededicate the present. We talk about, well, bless God, if, if the government does this, if the government does this, I am not going to budge. Well, that's, that's good that we, we make those speeches, but I think if before we ever get to the future, we need to think about how dedicated we are to being in the house of God every time it's open. And certainly, you're here on a Wednesday night, and certainly you're dedicated to the house of God, or you would not be here. It, 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 and I know, I know the, the caliber of Christian that I'm talking to tonight, but it's a reminder. We need to take inventory of every part of our life. And as we face the future, we look to the future, we need to rededicate the, the present. Paul looked at the trials that he would face as the fellowship of his sufferings. Well, and sometimes we just, well, I just <clears throat> I don't understand why I'm going through. Well, Christ suffered. Christ was rejected. Well, it's just, it's just, so we serve God all these years and all these things happen. How would you like, try and try the best you can to relate to being the creator. Leaving heaven and coming to this earth to be the sin sacrifice and the very creation who exists because you gave them life, rejects you, blasphemes you, takes their fist and smites you. Spits on you. Imagine the whispers before Christ even got, even before he was ever arrested, the things that were said about Jesus. Oh, we don't read about the, oh, they happen. Jesus is on his throne in heaven and think about how people talk about Jesus now. Oh, and and for those, that fellowship, we say, well, I I can't believe somebody said something about about me at church because I'm uh, at work because I'm a Christian. That's the fellowship of his suffering. Uh, you read this. We have been blessed in America for more than 200 years. We know that. But when it comes to God's church, we have been blessed in America. We have enjoyed freedoms that, that have not been enjoyed in any other period of history but just for short times. We have, we have been blessed and we've enjoyed that and say, well, in the future, the Bible tells us that things are Jesus told his disciples, he said, if they'll treat me this way, they're going to treat you much worse. And the Bible tells us that that those things are happening and going to happen. So what I'm saying is before we ever get to the future, you must rededicate the present and consider sufferings, consider trials, consider hardships in, in higher esteem than we do. I know what I'm saying tonight, but if we're going to be faithful in the future, I don't know what's coming in the future. There's some things that I've endured, my family's endured, that are in our rearview mirror that we don't ever want to look back at again. That doesn't mean there's not going to be anything else. Before I get there, I need to make sure that I'm dedicated. Battles are, are won long before the, 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 the first shot is fired. They're won in the determination, in the, in the character, in the, the deciding that this is where I'm going to go, in the fellowship of the suffering. And Paul, think of what Paul went through. And he considered it an honor. To suffer because of Christ. Now, we're not looking, you know, we're not going out there looking for it. Uh, but, you know, if we're going to be faithful to Christ, this world is going to reject us. So, we want, if we're, as we face the future, reflect on the past, the power of his resurrection, rededicate the present. We need to look in every area of our life. 
Say, well, Pastor, I've dedicated all these areas, but this one. First of all, that's the one God wants. And, that's, and, and second of all, that's where you're going to be tested. That's where you're going to be tempted. That's where the opportunity, just as Jonah had a boat, came by. Look what the Lord provided. If he, if he didn't want me to go the opposite way, he must have changed his mind. He wouldn't have sent a boat. No, we do that a lot, but we must rededicate the present. Number three, and we need to renew our commitment. Look at me at verse number 11. If by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. Keep in, that, that word if by any means is talking about a strenuous exertion. Um, how hard. I was thinking about this and pondering this and really chewing on that verse. And, and then the thought came to me, how much effort do we really put into being a good Christian? How much effort? You know, it takes effort to be where you're supposed to be. It takes effort to do what you're supposed to do. But if by any means, there's one thing to come to church when you, when you feel good. So it's another thing when you're not feeling quite 100%. Uh, it's, it's, it's one thing where it's like, well, I just don't feel up to it tonight. And that's just one example. But if by any means, <laughs> certainly... The resurrection was much debated, and there were those who denied the resurrection of Christ. And certainly there's many who would do that today, but certainly in the time when this letter was written, Paul refers to, he might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. There's the doctrine of the resurrection, and certainly we know Christ rose, and it's because of his resurrection that we will have a resurrection. Uh, but looking at it practically, there's also the the association uh, with that doctrine, the association with Christ, uh, even dying to self and resurrected in the service as a Christian that we have. That, that, that phrase, if by any means, how committed are we? Before I get to the future, I need to decide now. That's why it's a great blessing for our young people and our young adults and young couples. There's things that you have not faced yet. You will face in the future. You decide now what you're, how you're going to deal with it. Long before I ever stood behind a pulpit and preached a message uh, in, in, a, in any kind of a full-time capacity, I'd already decided what I believed. Now, all those things got tested. I'd already decided what would make me quit. There's a very short list, nothing. I'd already decided that. I'd already decided those things before it ever came. I'm not perfect in this regard, but I'm glad that I was taught that before you get there, decide. And it's a renewed commitment. Isn't it a wonderful thing whenever you see, we, we see somebody from time to time say, I want to rededicate my life to the Lord. And what are they saying? They say, I want to renew a commitment. There's some things that I need to straighten up. You know, we all ought to do that. Whether you walk an aisle and make it public or not, every one of us ought to renew our commitment. Renew our commitment to Him. Uh, then number four, we need to rise to the occasion. Now, we are reflecting, we are thinking, we are rededicating, we are making sure we're committed. Now, as we begin to face the future, I want you to look at verse number 12. Not as though I had already attained. Either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend, that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. There's going to come some things. It's not as though I had already attained. Either were already perfect. There were some things that he had not attained that he was going to face and that he was going to try to attain for the Lord. And you and I must be willing and able to rise to the occasion. 
but I follow after that if I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Um, the, the Christian life is not, a, is not an easy life. It's simple. You say, Pastor, it doesn't seem that simple. You just do what God says. I don't know what God says. Why well, got to get in this book and learn what God says? Uh, sometimes it, we, we, we complicate it, but we can simplify it to the fact we just want to obey Christ. We want to honor God. But it's, it's not easy. Sometimes I think we, even those of us who have been saved for some period of time, and we've been at this thing serving the Lord for a while, sometimes we're like, I'm surprised this is this hard. I'm surprised I still feel this way. I'm surprised that I still have this obstacle in my life. Well, Christian, this flesh that we have uh, fights us. It's our biggest obstacle. But when the, we face things in the future, and including our daily walk with Him, we need to rise to the occasion. Don't run from opportunities that God presents to you. There are going to be new opportunities for some, for all of us, really, to serve in this new year. Don't run from the opportunities. Pastor, I don't think I could ever, I could ever do that. Rise to the occasion. It might mean you have to pray more. It might mean you have to study your Bible more. It might mean that you have to rearrange some schedule, but you can rise to the occasion. <coughs> God allowed the difficulty to come into your life in 2022. Are you just going to quit? Are you going to rise to the occasion? And as I look around the auditorium, there are so many, if not all of us, could give testimony of the time when God gave you the ability. What I mean by that, we don't just get boastful in our flesh and say, look at what I, I'm, bless God, I'm just going to do it. A lot of it, our success and failure does depend on just determination that we're not going to quit on God. But a lot of that, God has to give you the strength to do it. But you've got to be willing to face the future. You've got to be willing to say, okay, I will, by faith, step out and do what God wants me to do. And say, I, you know, I just, I just don't think I can. You have to rise to the occasion that I might have apprehended. There's some things that God wants you to accomplish in 2022 that you've not yet accomplished. You've not done them before. <laughs> I know what it's like to have a prayer answered. There's new prayers that need to be prayed. There's new growth in our Christian life. And I want to get ahead of them because that's, that's the next one I'm going to get to. We, we have to keep growing. There are things that God wants you to do. Well, in other years, the same. Well, no, no, no. There's new things that God wants us to do. There's new opportunities. There's new challenges. Uh, there, there, there's uh, new goals. Uh, but uh, we must rise to the occasion as a church. This, this world that we live in. So, Pastor, don't you know that you know, all this COVID stuff, it's, the world's changed? Sure. Well, don't you know that there's people who are cynical, more cynical than they were? I do. Don't you know that there's some people who they just, they're not going to talk to you because you know, they're, they're afraid? Yeah, I do that. Do you know that with inflation and all these things and you know, and prices of the buildings have gone up, and and all, and our money's not going to go as far. And all the, don't you know all that? I know. Don't you? Aren't you aware? I know all of that. Don't you know we've got a government that's? I know all of that. What are we going to do? Well, why don't we just rise to the occasion? We may have to pray more, but is that a bad thing? That's a good thing. We may have to sacrifice. A little bit more. But why is that a bad thing if we're sacrificing for the Lord? What are we supposed to do? Rise to the occasion? You read the covers of this book. There are ordinary men and women who we hold in high esteem because they're Bible characters. But they were ordinary men, ordinary women. 
that when God presented an opportunity in front of them, they rose to the occasion and they did something for God. They did a great work for God. You think it's ever been easy to rear children for the Lord? Back if I, if I live back in the Leave it to Beaver days, it would have been a much, much easier. Well, look at how your parents turned out. You'll see it didn't matter. It's always been a challenge. It's always been hard. You've always had to take a stand. You've always had to prioritize. What are we supposed to do? Rise to the occasion. And our young men and our young ladies, especially out here, this, well, I know I feel like God wants me to do this. I just don't think rise to the occasion. Determine that you're gonna, you may have to live a little bit different life than you thought you were going to live. You may have to dedicate yourself a little more than you thought you were going have to have to. And mom and dad, you got children in your house. You got to rear. I just don't, I never thought that I would be in a church like this and rear them. Well, rise to the occasion. It's what we have to do. Well, I know Pastor asked me to teach a Sunday school class. I think rise to the occasion. Soul winning, be a witness, rise to the occasion. It's what we have to do. There are things that God wants us to accomplish this year. This church has a rich history. God has allowed us to do a lot of things for Him and to His honor and glory. There are things that we've never done as a church that He wants us to do in the future. It's, a different, it's things He wants us to do. <coughs> what must we do? We must rise to the occasion. Number five. Ties right into number four. Look at verse number 13. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. This is a great verse, a powerful verse. And there's so much there we could talk about and has been preached on. But I want to focus on that first phrase. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. Paul goes on to say, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. He's focusing on what needs, still needs to be done. He's focusing on the future. How can he do that? Because that first phrase, I count not myself to have apprehended. As we face the future, number five, we've got to resist complacency. Paul was a pretty good Christian, you think? Paul had accomplished some things for the Lord. I would dare say that Paul might have received a few pats on the back for his stand for the Lord and the advancement of the gospel, perhaps. Um, he had done some things, but we know what Paul was not doing. He was not satisfied with what he had already done for God. I'm afraid there's a lot of Christians in our world today who are satisfied with what they have done. There's one thing I've determined while this church is done some great things for the Lord. I don't ever want to pastor a church that all we do is sit around and talk about what we have done. Remember when we did this? Remember when we did this? Well, Pastor, we've already done that. Well, God may want us to do it again. Uh, I, I don't want to talk about what, what we have done. And you as a Christian don't need to talk about what you have done. Well, I've done my time. You still breathing? God may not want you to do the same thing you did in the past, but He wants you to do something. And I remind us all of this, all the time. Don't compare yourself with this world. You don't have to be very good at all to be better than what this world expects. That's a bad comparison. So we must always be following Christ and comparing our walk with Him because He's the standard. 
will never measure up to that. And even as a Christian, we can't look or sit back and say, well, you know, I've done this before and, and praise God. And it's encouraging to think about everybody I've ever won to Christ in my life. One day is going to be in glory with me. Think about that. Oh, all those Saturdays and Sundays of, of, of visiting that bus route and picking up those buses all through the years and all of the tens of thousands of children that have ridden those buses. And I believe the tens of thousands who have trusted Christ as their Savior they are still, they may not be here anymore, they may have moved on, but they're still people, and they're still souls, and some of them are already on the other side. They're all going to be there. That's encouraging to me. Those of you that are older, you're in that older generation, you know it's like, we've done it once before, and I know we need to do it again, and don't be discouraged. Everything that's ever been done for God, is, it still counts there's still reward for that. Those are still eternal souls. We must not get to a place in our life where we say, I've done enough. Uh, and get complacent as a church. It's a dangerous thing for a church to be complacent. A dangerous thing for a nation to be complacent. A dangerous thing for mom and dad to be complacent and husband and wife to be complacent in their Christian life and it's a, it's a dangerous, dangerous thing. We must resist complacency. He count not myself to have apprehended it. Well, everything that Paul had accomplished at this point, he was still pressing forward. He was still pressing forward. He was still pressing forward. He could have, how many times was he in, <coughs> in prison? And we have the scripture today because he was, even though he was in prison, he was, he was still winning people. He was, well, God changed my life and, and I had this ministry that I wanted to do and now I'm just stuck in prison. Paul wasn't that way. He was winning the guards to Christ. He was teaching them how to go home and win their wife to Christ and their children to Christ. They're, they're, the, the, the Christians from the household of Caesar salute you. How'd they get there? Paul won them. He didn't sit back like a lot of Christians do and fold his arms. Well, this isn't, just isn't what I imagined. This is just not what I imagined. It's not what Paul did. He was pressing forward, pressing forward, pressing forward. And no matter where you are in your life and whatever the future holds, we can't be complacent. Well, I guess we tried. I guess, no, there's battles still to be won. There's prayers that still need to be prayed. There's souls that still need to be won. There's people that still need to be influenced. And we, we must, no matter where we are in our life, we must resist complacency. Complacent Christian is in a dangerous, dangerous position. A church that gets complacent is, is, is done. Done. So why do we, these churches need revival. What does it mean? They're complacent. They're, they're satisfied. I, I don't want to be that way as a preacher. I don't want to be that way as a pastor. I don't want to be that way as a church. I don't want to be that way as a Christian. You have to fight that. As the future comes, and I, and I understand that things in this world may change, and it may be harder to get somebody on the bus, but you can still get somebody on the bus. It may be harder to reach our city because of things that have taken place in our world the last couple of years. It may be harder to reach our nation. But that doesn't mean we have to sit back and say, well, we did the best we can. I'm just going to wait for Jesus to come. No, we, ought to, we, we, we have to continue to press forward. We must resist complacency. And then the last thing, verse number 14, 
I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Number six, we must reject retreat. We must reject retreat. No turning back. No turning back. Uh, there's, there should be no surrender, no turning back in the Christian. As I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling. It's a wonderful thing that we're only going to be judged by the race that God chose us to run. And in the scheme of what man looks at, it may look insignificant, it may look small, it may look unimportant, but it's very important because it's what God has for us. And you start, and as many of you could testify, you serve the Lord long enough and you're faithful to Him, God blesses. Before long, that adversary, the devil, he's going to come find you. And he's going to bother you. And he, a lot of things, he's a roaring lion. He tries to scare you. He tries to get you to quit. He tries to get you to get disgruntled and retreat. Now, I understand that we live in a day and when there's certain things, there's a lot of, you know, I praise God to live in the state of Florida. I praise God for what God's done for us. I still praise God that we live in the United States of America. And, and, and God is in ultimate control. And I'm sure many of us are surprised that it's not worse than it is which just proves that God is in ultimate control. He has spared us from the idiocy of our elected leaders, our somewhat elected leaders. I mean, he has spared us of their... They're, they're not... So, um, okay, tangent time. Are they, are, they, are, they, are they trying to mess it up that bad, or are they just that dumb? Both? Okay, that's what I thought. C. God has spared us, but he could pull his hand back and everything that we think could happen could accelerate literally overnight. Overnight. Pastor, I don't know what I'm going to do when I face it. I know what I'm, I, I may not be able to. We may not have the opportunity to go to the links that generations before us did as far as the gospel. But I can tell you what I can do. I cannot retreat. I, you know... The doors, you know, international and all these different things with missions endeavors and all those things. And, you know, it's different from place to place. And those old doors could close overnight. We may not be able to advance as far as we'd like to advance, but that doesn't mean I have to go back. Reject retreat. In your Christian life, reject retreat. Don't go back where you came from. Don't go back to what you left. God gave you a victory. Rejoice in that victory and keep pressing forward. And the devil comes to you and says, wave the white flag, don't retreat. We as the Emmanuel Baptist Church, one reason why I believe God has blessed us through the years, and certainly as my time as pastor, is because we haven't retreated. And we, we continue to press forward for Him, and we must continue to do that. Personally, in your life, whatever you encounter this year, just decide now that you're going to reject retreat. I'm always going to be going forward. I may not be going where I thought I was going. I'm going to go for it. Paul, I don't know what Paul had in his mind about what God would use him to do. I know he had a desire to get the gospel to Rome. If Paul was like the typical Christian, he imagined, I'll get a social media following, I'll become very popular. The power of God will be so evident on me that 
We're walking to these pagan cities. They'll all just drop to their knees and say, what must I be, do to be saved? Before long, I'll be preaching worldwide campaigns. And Caesar will invite me to Rome. God, God put in my heart that the gospel's going to Rome. This is the way I have seen it. That's not what God had planned at all. God said, I'm going to get you to Rome, but you're going on a prison ship. And you're going to go from prison to prison to prison. But it's from that prison you will get the gospel to Rome. Uh, there was no retreat. See, we would naturally, and I don't know how he looked at it, we get a glimpse from the scripture, but that's the course that God wanted us to complete his purpose, we'd look at it as a failure. But what, why wasn't it a failure? Because Paul kept advancing. He never retreated. He never retreated. You study the, the book of Acts, you study the scripture out. When Paul was in Caesarea and he was witnessing to Felix and he had that opera, if he, he could have won his freedom right there. But he knew the gospel. The gospel had to keep going. He kept moving forward, moving forward. You may not move forward the way that you thought you'd move forward. You may not have ended up where you thought you'd end up. But as long as we've got breath in our body as a child of God, let's just reject retreat. I may not be able to advance as much as I want to advance, but I'm not going backwards. I'm not going to retreat. I'm not going to give up ground that we fought over. Just some few things, practical aspects of this passage of Scripture as we face the future. You may be facing some difficult things right now, but in a general sense, as we face the future, don't, don't forget about the power of resurrection. Um, we, you know, one thing that we all ought to be reminded of is, we face, we, is, our, is our own mortality. We, if Jesus is just coming, we, we all are going to take our last breath. Those that love us are going to be separated from us. Our loved ones go on before us. But thankfully, because of Christ and because of salvation, we will see them again. It is but a temporary separation. Uh, we're going to spend eternity with them. But no matter what I deal with and no matter what I face, i got to be reminded that Christ has conquered death. I'm a child of His. I want to identify with him. And if God asked me to do something, think about Job, and he could identify with Christ. Paul could identify with Christ. This fleeting difficulty that we have, this light affliction that we have. Don't be, don't be afraid of that fellowship of the suffering. As we look forward, let's just be, don't, don't, don't sit and talk about, well, you know, it's, you know sometimes it's like, sometimes you, y'all are a real encouragement to me. I'll, I'll preach a message, and, and you'll come out and say, Pastor, I needed that. Boy, that's exactly what I needed. Oh, that was, you need to preach that message again. It's like, that's the third week in a row I preached it. You just still hadn't caught on. But, oh, that, that, was, that was a wonderful, wonderful message. I'm helping you out tonight as you walk out the door. Imagine, oh, you know, you know, it's like, I'm never preaching again. Because look what God did with that message. God's done with me. Oh, I shouldn't approach it that way. A preacher ought to approach every message like it is his last message because one day it will be his last message. 
simple, silly illustration that we can't rest on what we've done for God. And I hope tonight you'll think about this, not just this evening, but in the days ahead of as opportunities come before us in the new year. And we say, oh, there's an opportunity. Don't be the first thing. Well, well, I've done that before. Or I've done. You might not can do the same thing that you did before. But aren't you thankful there's many opportunities that God will use us to be a part of his work? No matter what you face, I'm so proud of so many of you over the last few years, not just the last few years, but there's been obstacles, there's been hardships, and many that I know of that nobody else knows of because of our time together. And there's something, too, you just keep pressing forward, you just keep going, you just keep coming to the next service, and you keep coming to the next service, and you just don't, what do you, what are you telling the devil? It's like, I'm not retreating. I'm not retreating. What are you telling yourself? I'm not retreating. I'm not retreating. I'm not going back. I, I believe, <coughs> I'm, willing to, I'm willing to push forward in what I believe in, and I want to be faithful. When he calls me home, I want to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Well done. And it's faithfulness. Let's be faithful. Father, thank you again for your word.